Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious I'm about. Curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Hi, welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. This is a podcast for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And on the episode today, we're talking about threesomes. Yeah, so many people start their non-monogamous journey, either with a threesome or play party or swinging. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's because couples probably feel more comfortable exploring this new relationship dynamic if they're doing it together. And so I thought that we should just dive into Absolutely. it. Let's yeah. talk about threesomes. For sure, for sure. I think it's worth just mentioning, we're going to probably talk more about the femodynamics of a couple and a third. Yes. But I think it's really worth mentioning that threesomes just means three people having sex together. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a couple who, who invites a third person. Right? It yes. could be three independent folks get together and get down to it as okay, well. So then that, all right, so let's start there. Let's yeah. do definitions. Okay. okay. So threesome, right, three people having sex together. Sure. What are all the kind of the iterations and varieties that that can take? Yeah. Okay, so we can start with the relationship structure. Okay. Right? So you can have a couple and a third. Yes. Um, and then that third can be an independent person, like yes. a solo person, or that third can also be in some sort of a relationship and, and may or may not, you know, be in a relationship in that moment yes so is that the distinction between a threesome and a triad a threesome three people having sex a triad three people in relationship sure um yeah that's definitely a good distinction time right so Mm -hmm. threesome is about sex triads are about relationships yes um and then a, a, a threesome can be three people in a relationship together yes it could be two people in a relationship who invite a third right and that third person can be solo or in a relationship but their partner or partners aren't involved right right or it could be three solo independent folk getting together getting down to it yes and there's it's a different dynamic and i think that there's a misconception that somebody in the crew needs to at least be bisexual yeah. um generally the woman probably <laughs> <laughs> yes and that's not necessarily the case right no, you can no. have three straight people you can have three very straight people have sex together yes uh, they just i guess so who has sex with who in that yeah. is, is what matters or yeah, yeah, you can yeah. have three queer, queer queer folk and yes everyone's having sex with everyone sure. potentially yeah and, yeah and you can also be queer and not necessarily be into the everybody yes. so that just because you're queer doesn't mean that you then have to have sex with yes. all the people in, in the configuration so that's right that's another misconception is that then everyone is with each other right. but it could be two people together two other two people together one person just watching right there could be all totally, sorts of totally totally I think what we're gonna explore is like then how do you figure all this stuff out right <laughs> and this is why exactly. it's just Im- we immediately yes. demonstrated how actually <laughs> confusing and complicated can three people having sex be yes 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 and so this is on our mind for a few different reasons. One is we tend to meet lots of people who are interested in entering into open relationships. And so the conversation of threesomes naturally comes up as a part of that process because mm-hmm. it's one way in which people enter into it. And our, our friend Taylor is interested mm-hmm. in opening up her relationship mm-hmm. and is also interested in starting that via threesome. Yes. 
Is that right, Taylor? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have Taylor. And what's actually what's interesting about Taylor's story is Taylor has been a part of threesomes in the past mm-hmm. as the third of a pre-existing couple coming into a pre-existing relationship and being the third there. And now this will be the first time that she is a part of the primary partnership and bringing someone into that relationship. So I'm going to be asking you lots of questions. About yeah. That. Yeah. And I actually want to even like just to complicate things even more and say... <laughs> If you're a couple and you experience or want to experience a threesome situation, this now doesn't mean you're now automatically non-monogamous. Just because uh, yes. you're having an experience doesn't immediately have to impact your entire relationship structure. Yes. That's also worth just putting it in there. Yes. Um, it could just be some experience that you're seeking. You might want to do it once, twice, if you enjoy it, maybe every now and then. But now that doesn't necessarily mean you have to like restructure the entire relationship and like embrace non-monogamy. If, if that's not what you want to do, that's not what you want to do. And just because you've explored into this threesome world, it doesn't mean you're now an entirely different relationship. So that's also yes. something that we'll talk about a little bit. And I think that 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 makes sense then why play parties and swinging and threesomes are an entry point for lots of folks, mm-hmm. because none of those things actually then tr- mean you are open. It just means that you and your partner are choosing to have a, this particular experience. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. And I'm also interested in then what does that mean for, again, the third person? If there's two people in partnership and a third person comes in, mm-hmm. I think that we often hear the side of the story of the couple bringing somebody mm-hmm. in. And I'm very interested in exploring the other side of that. So, right, right. The, what if the person that's coming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. Exactly. Okay, so... And that's why Tyler's here. Right. And and so I, I was going to say, I think that most of us, like in the in the lay world, right, who haven't necessarily experienced all these things, we get our information from movies <laughs> and in the movies or porn or porn right yes uh-huh. in the movies and porn uh-huh. it seems very easy there is like you know you're at a bar you're at something maybe you're in class or at the doctor's office like it was a porn you know <laughs> and like there's like you know some flirting and joking and then there's like this moment of tension and chemistry and then like cut to people being thrown up against walls oh, yeah. and like you know chemistry in the bedroom uh-huh. and I imagine there's a lot of pieces in between <laughs> right, right, that right. moment from flirting to being thrown up on the bed yeah. that we should probably explore for sure yeah um, so Okay, so then I'm going to ask you, Taylor, what was your first experience in a threesome? Was it like the movies? Um, I'm going to say no. It was not like the movies. <laughs> what? It wasn't like the movies? What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, so basically, I was on Tinder and I was looking for a couple to be a third. And um, I, I guess there's not many unicorns on Tinder. So there was a lot of couples looking for a unicorn and there wasn't as many offering those services. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I decided to go on a date with a couple and the date was almost like a job interview. Mm -hmm. You had to try and impress both people. Um, You had to try and then you you also had to be impressed by both of them as well. Did you know that going into it or did you get a sense of that at dinner? You're like, oh, this is like a job interview. Yeah. I'm going to run an interference. Yeah. Just because we said, I wanted to be like, ding, 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 vocabulary alert, vocabulary alert. Right. What's a unicorn? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's take like a a, open bracket and Mm -hmm. let's talk about what unicorns are and close bracket and carry on because I'm really interested in what, what Taylor is yes. saying but I want to make sure everyone's on the same page that are listening yes so this idea of a unicorn mm-hmm. um it comes from it comes 
it has a bit of a, a darkness around it, even though it's like unicorns. It comes from, has a bit of a darkness around it. It comes from this idea that a couple who's seeking a very specific experience and they're seeking, seek, often seeking a, the unicorn is defined as this like single, often woman who's entirely unattached by into both of the the couples, um, emotionally available, willing to be vulnerable and and go along with the ride and not threatened or be threatened by the couple. And when 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 her duty is done she's gonna happily skip away right. and not want anything not feel obliged not feel affected in that kind of way so so the idea is that that person is so rare that it's called a unicorn yes right? it's like singular person who right. everyone's attracted to who fits in beautifully in the dynamic right. of the relationship doesn't get emotionally attached right exactly exactly and it's like just happy to be there you know right. and um i think you know that's like the unicorn and is this a dark side of like being very specific and 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 the the sort of um, the idea is also that they're kind of dispensable a little bit, meaning like you don't have to take care of them. That's why they're kind of this special creature that then just like gallops away, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not not everybody who becomes a third or not doesn't not every threesome has a has a unicorn, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't it's not that it, it can just be three people who are coming along and is not you know there's and it's okay to be emotional attachment or friends doing it or things mm-hmm. like that. So just to just just to put it out there, yes. uh, but. Uh, Taylor is very special. She's a unicorn. Yeah. She has, so, hi, wait, how does it feel to be called a unicorn? Yeah, like, oh. I was. I like really liked identifying with yeah. the yeah. with the label. I was. I thought it was cool too. I thought I was majestical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're, exactly. You're a rare I was creature. like rare. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but I, I definitely the fantasy like the um, fantasizing about the what a unicorn is, mm-hmm. like Effie was saying. Mm-hmm. I also felt like that was my fantasy too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What I what I wanted to be. Um, I wanted to be. I kind of wanted to be dispensable. I wanted to just have a few um, sexual experiences with this couple, um, but it didn't wind up being like as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that first day because I yes. interrupted. So let's go back to that. Yes. And carry on so even wait. So I want to take even a step back. You go onto Tinder and you say you're looking for couples. What what happened? Talk to me about the decision that you made that you're like you know what I want to do this thing I want to explore now being in in a sexual relationship with two mm-hmm. other people yeah I was in a closed relationship and I just kept having these ideas of being the third in a really in a in a in a threesome experience and so I had broken off my partnership and went to explore that mm-hmm. um it was pretty easy just being on tinder the only thing that you have to do to specify yourself as a unicorn is put a unicorn emoji uh, um yes. and you could write looking for couple couples to uh play with or um looking to be a third whatever you wanted um and I was I was pretty specific in what I wanted. I wanted some uh, partnership who was in a closed relationship, um, and then I just wanted to sprinkle my my magic my majesticness <laughs> in there. Um, so yeah, that was my decision in wanting to do that. I think that I always have wanted to be uh, in this situation. I have been bisexual since I was fifteen, or identified it um, then. So I just always. All the porn that I wanted, uh, all the porn that I watched, always like went down this wet, this mm-hmm. um, this theme of threesomes. So I thought, why not make my fantasies come true? And what drew you to this particular couple? Out of because I'm sure that your Tinder box was flooded with interest. Uh, what made you say, I want to hang out with them? I was really attracted to them. Mm-hmm. I really was, um, and they were. It was interesting. They were both on the Tinder account 
talking to me. So mm-hmm. when they were uh, talking to me, they'd say, this is, um, and then use the woman's name or use a man's name. And uh, I thought that that was really cool that they were both on it. And it wasn't just uh, the man or just the woman looking for it. Cause I thought it meant looking for the specific partner. I thought that that meant that they must have like really open communication and trust each other, that mm-hmm. they were on this different, this same app on each other's phones and mm-hmm. kind of both talking to me at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it felt like their foundation was really strong. And I think that that's why I was, I was identifying like, oh, this means that this is going to be safe and this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Good for you, by the way. Can we pause there? Like, Good for you for looking for a healthy relationship, for looking for signs of communication communication, for looking for signs for stability, because this could be a really complicated thing. And I'm sure you're going to tell us that it was more complicated than you thought. And but it sounds like you did the right things, the mm-hmm. right steps to get yourself to be in a healthy space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were reaching out to me whose photos, it was only um, either the man of the couple or the woman of the couple. And I just kind of felt like that seemed sneaky to me. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I would rather just have it up front be both of them speaking to me. So you're out now on this date Mm. slash job interview. (laughs) (laughs) And tell me the dynamics of that. Oh, um, it was so, it was so funny. They were like texting me and I was on my way home from class and it was a Thursday and I was like, oh, like, why not just do this? This is like kind of cool. Um, like, I felt like I shouldn't do it because it was a weekday. Um, <laughs> because it was, that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. and I was like a new student. Threesomes are okay, but threesomes on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the restaurant that they told me to meet them at. And then we were just around town. It was a small town and we went to a bar and they were sitting next to each other and they were asking me a lot of questions about what I wanted and my and my boundaries and how I got here and what my sexual experiences have been and how um, I started looking f- to be to be a unicorn. So it felt like they were connected, like they had been holding hands and I was kind of on the side and it was in a dark place and we were the only ones in this bar and it was really kind of like romantic. Um, and it, it turns out that their apartment was very close to the, um, the bar that we were at and then we soon moved to their apartment. Wow. Mm. Um, I guess I did well on the job. (laughs) (laughs) You got the job in the first interview. You're in. (laughs) Yeah, I was really nervous, though. Like, I remember clenching my fists, like... It's it's nervous it's nerve-wracking to go on a date one-on-one, a first date mm-hmm. one-on-one. Also, I had been in a relationship for a really long time and so it was my first date with two people. Yeah. Um, and I think we were talking about this yesterday around the like rules of engagement with a threesome that sometimes somebody just needs to initiate. Mm. Like there's again this I this mythical idea that like chemistry will just magically happen and then everyone just starts making out with each other or whatever the case is, yeah. but then someone actually has to be like would you like a massage? Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you like to? So what? Ha- like what led from talking to not talking? Um, specifically, she was showing me her perfumes, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, these perfumes are really nice." And then she pushed me on the bed and started making out with me. Oh wow! Yeah, and then uh, he was in the kitchen, and then came in and was like, "Oh, I didn't know this was happening." And we were like, <laughs> "Yeah, come on in." And uh, so it happened on the first date, which. Um, which I don't know if that always happens, but I kind of wanted it to happen that way because I wanted, I almost wanted to be dispensable after that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not how it worked out, which we'll get into later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did you feel going home that night? You're like, I did, the, did it. <laughs> um, 
I felt kind of proud. Yeah. It was my first like it was my first threesome experience, and for ten years I had been romanticizing this as like my my the most sexual experience that I probably will ever have. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if now I'm pondering if I will have a more sexual experience than that one, and it also felt so far away from being like living in the person who I was like mm. there's these judgments around who a unicorn could be and I feel like um I didn't match the criteria to what people think that a unicorn could be and so it felt like I achieved something mm -hmm. does that make sense what do you what would you say that criteria like what do you what do you imagine people what do you imagine people imagine a criteria for a unicorn is like a very sexually promiscuous woman who's mm -hmm. like at a bar and and on the prowl for a couple mm -hmm. or two or another two women or two men yeah mm -hmm. um, and that's not how this had happened but I think that those are my own biases and judgments which I'm trying to work through. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's interesting though. Did you, were there things that you had to battle internally to say, I'm ready for this? Or because it was such a part of your fantasy, did you feel like you can compartmentalize it around who you are in the world and who you are in the sexual space? I think that that's why it took so long. I think I couldn't compartmentalize it um, yeah. at first because I think that I was, I was thinking like, no, I had shame around it, like, quote unquote, normal people don't do this. So why should I do this? And so as soon as I did it, though, it was easy for me to say, well, this is my life by day and this is my life by night. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah. And I think that I've grown since then to know that your sexuality does not define, does not only define you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's something that I definitely talk a lot about during the play party etiquette workshop that I teach, which is your sexual expression is a part of your self-expression. So it's an integrated part of you um, and that it doesn't necessarily have to define you, but it is a part of you. And it's just needs, you know, it's just like, how do you weave it into the rest of your identity, the rest of who you are? And that just to view it as a, as a type of self-expression, I would even go as far as to say like a creative self-expression. Right. And I think the creativity actually piece is important because it leaves room for this exploration piece mm -hmm. and curiosity. curiosity so that even if you do it it doesn't mean that that's what you do mm -hmm. you may have done that and decided nah that wasn't for me or that was really interesting but I don't need to do it again like giving ourselves permission to just try and explore and not allowing particular behavior or experience to define who we are no exactly and I think the, like, you know, like you pointed out Jackie the way that Taylor went about it which is actually very healthy mm -hmm. considered you know and, and to me that is really more about following your curiosity than following anything else actually yeah. it's kind of like it's my fantasy i'm curious yeah. i want to go and explore There's it so much ownership in that right yeah. right 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 and i wouldn't even you know I, if if you were if taylor if you were to do that and be like it's not for me i think you you know the chances of you having a good relationship because you follow the curiosity then if you know then you know even if you liked it and you want to do it over and over again i think to just to think about it as a curious self-expression mm -hmm. um is probably like a healthier, robust way of like setting, putting your head around it. Yeah. Did you feel like you wanted or needed like post care afterwards somehow? Or what was the post sexual encounter experience like for you? Uh, there was a lot of cuddling and it felt weird to leave because a lot of times um, who I was having sex with before I would always stay after. So I had to leave that night because I had work on Friday. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the post care was it was what I what I 
it was what I needed, but it wasn't what I expected. I think that the idea of being that magical unicorn, I would have just like left afterwards and just like not been taken care of. But in the moment I realized that I needed to be taken care of and I was, Mm -hmm. it was nice. There was a lot of cuddling and there was a lot of talking and there was a lot of asking, did you like that? What did you, what didn't you like? And so it felt more, um, debrief. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Job interview and a debrief. Yeah, exactly. Like I was hired now and this is and how how can we make this job better for you? Yeah. And so yeah, it was it was nice and it was comforting. That's amazing first of all that like cuz dream about something for 10 years and then to do it and for it to live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. That's I true. feel like that's incredible. Yeah. I imagine yeah. that you speak with folks Effie that that is not necessarily their experience. Oh no, threesomes go wrong all the time. Yeah, all right, let's talk about yeah, how, yeah. how does threesomes go wrong? I will, but I just want to go back to one because there's one thing that Taylor said. I want to just, I'm just curious. Um, this idea of, you know, you want it to be dispensable. And I, and I kind of introduced that word right at the top when I was talking about unicorns and what sometimes what the expectations around unicorns are, which is this idea that, oh, you're done, then you sort of you know, dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering whether it, it, it was it the, was it the, um, do you really want it to be dispensable or is, you know, is it more like you want it to kind of be liberated? Like you want to just gallop away or did, is there a part of you that just like, like that I, and, and this comes with no judgment. I'm just curious whether this idea that, that also, that particular way of like mm-hmm. ending is, is appealing to you as well. Um, it is appealing to me as well, but when it was so, when the sexual experience was pretty good, I wanted to do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, so I hear what you're saying. Is the is is being kind of dismissed or dispensable? Did it feel like that was a part of the turn on of of like? almost like I'm a slut and you can use me and mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or is it, I'm so empowered, I'm going to come in, I'm going to rock your world and then I'm getting out of here. I think it was that one. I'm empowered, yeah. I'm going to rock your world and then I'm going to get mm-hmm. out of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but then when I was in it, um, I was like, no, I think I'll stay for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think that yeah. that you need to be really clear about what you want. And I think that those things can change in the middle of it. And I also think that you have to communicate that as well. I wanted this and now this is happening. And so I think that this is what I want now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go back to talk about yeah. Threesome so Gone Wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Because I'm interested in how, in the evolution of that because I think that that's probably part of how threesomes go wrong. Mm-hmm. But yes, Effie, threesomes go wrong. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, I think threesomes go wrong start with threesomes not happening. Uh, people like having the intention of doing them and they're just not having everyone awkwardly sitting next to each other yeah and like nothing ever happens right right and and that doesn't always necessarily mean it's like you know it could just be like three people and i've heard stories of like experienced sex positive even sex educators mm-hmm. or like regular party goers getting together um for you know someone's home with the intention of having a uh uh a threesome or more sim or whatever and it's just not happening because no one initiated or just like it just didn't happen so like yes. it, it, sometimes threesomes gone wrong is like threesomes just did not happen <laughs> right, wait, wait, I'm gonna pause vocabulary so you said moresomes uh-huh. there's threesomes moresomes yeah. I imagine moresomes means more than three more than three yeah. what's the difference between a moresome and a foursome and an orgy 
Yeah, those are like the million dollar questions. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I use more sims because I, I mostly because um, I teach the, the play party etiquette workshop. So it's like, I feel like three sims, four sims, and then after four sims, it kind of becomes awkward. So it's like more sims. Yeah, like and, yeah, and at some point it becomes an orgy, <laughs> and that's just a lot of people having sex together. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Um, and then that number, I think you know, if you look online, there's a lot of fun forums that are like speculating <laughs> what that number is, anywhere from like six to twelve. You know, yeah. um, so know. you know, it depends depends what you wanna what, where you yes. want, what you wanna engage in. Well, and if you haven't experienced play party etiquette, the workshop that Effie facilitates based on the book that she wrote, um, one of the biggest takeaways is do not be the one to break up an orgy. Yes. If you were not invited to the group of threesomes, foursomes, or moresomes, yeah. then you were not invited. You're not invited. <laughs> You're not Don't jump to, in. It is not just a pile of people. Yes. It is a specific invited group of people. Yes, yes, yes. And if you wanna know more about that you can go to playpartyetiquette.com and there's a whole bunch of information about how to navigate sex parties and 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 threesomes and more sims and mores yeah. so so the first you said going wrong by not happening yeah. at all yeah mm-hmm. and then i mean i think a variety of going wrong right i think uh things like where mostly breakdown happens from communication right that's where te- things tend to go wrong either people don't really know what they want out of it or they mm-hmm. they don't feel like they can they can say it or they think they they think they went in they go into it thinking that's what they want and they've talked about it but then you're just like oh this is not what i want and then they don't feel like they're not empowered to say oh i don't want to do this anymore or i don't want to do this particular thing or i don't want to do the whole thing anymore and i think that can be harder when there's when you feel like there's you against two people mm-hmm. so it can feel like you're in a threesome everyone looks like they're having fun and you're like oh i'm unsure then you it, sometimes i think people feel like oh i'm i'm gonna ruin it for for everyone right, right? It become it might feel like it's just the one of you against the two you yeah. know so i think that's where i that's where i've definitely seen mm-hmm. and heard where things start to break down and i imagine that, jealousy goes in there too so that's the other so that so first it's just boundary stuff and yeah. then secondly especially with couples if there's a couple and a third involved jealousy people get triggered mm-hmm. um jealousy kicks in people feel threatened or threatening mm-hmm. um and goes both ways right mm-hmm. um and then like then the, the issues with the dynamics you know mm-hmm. um and again you need to be able to communicate your way out of that mm-hmm. and to see if you have the skills and if you're so triggered that you can't you're not in your wise mind you might not have your like wits about you enough to communicate your way out of like a, a, a jealousy you know um meltdown in the middle of threesome right. like those happen yeah, that's <laughs> that is not what people are going for. No. And I imagine right because three different people have three different fantasies going mm-hmm. into it, and you may feel like, wait, I'm not getting enough attention mm-hmm. or time or energy, and then yeah, and everyone is naked, and you're not, and like right, emotions are high, sure. and you feel vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories of people like. You know, one of the couple just like coming in, just like getting out of the pile, and just like whacking the lights on. And like it's over, you're just like, whoa, this, yeah. that's like okay. Yeah, so yeah. It, it happens, it happens. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, I have no judgment for that person. In a way, I can be like, well, at least you like, you like stopped something that don't, right. you don't want it to happen. Um, I think though, if that's what you've done, you might want to do a whole bunch of work before you attempt it again. Like yes. you might, you definitely want a good breakdown and a debrief of what happened. Yeah, and handle a whole bunch of things. Next time you like pull somebody into a into your into your like 
the insecurity or whatever that's mm-hmm. going on for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you so you went into this situation saying, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to have fun, and then I'm going to gallop away. Mm-hmm. And then after the first time, you're like, well, maybe one more time. Yeah. And then tell me more. Uh, well, then after one more time, I was like, well, maybe one more. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kept having sexual experiences, which were really positive. But uh, I think that what they wanted was different than what I wanted. I wanted to be a unicorn and they wanted to try it. And I was clear about that the first time. And I think that what had happened was, is that I kind of liked the sexual experience so much that I just, um, ignored what they had been saying. They were like, yeah, but we kind of want somebody who's um, open emotionally and uh, always going to be there like for us to to have sex with and like not having sex with anybody else. And so I was like, okay, I, th- I think that I can do that for you guys. I think that what they, and like you were saying, it's, it's hard to let down two people mm-hmm. to communicate your needs with two people when you know that they really want more from you and you don't know how to give that. And it's hard to say, I don't I don't know how to give that. And I'm having fun. So let me just try it. Maybe I can, maybe I could be what they want me to be. And so I tried it. And then what had happened was, um, is that like, I didn't communicate my needs enough and they wanted more. And I kind of was like, I can't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to give that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't mad, but they wished that I had been in tune with all of that before I had continued the relationship for a few months. And what was the distinction between being in a sexual relationship with them and being in an emotional relationship like what did that look different yeah what were the expectations that that what was the more they were asking that you were like i'm not willing to give that mm-hmm. um they didn't want me to be with anybody else um even if that meant safely obviously it's just safe but even um if that meant with a single partner they didn't want that and they also wanted to keep like constant communication every day. Like it was like a relationship where mm. we would text good morning and text good night. Um, also sleepovers. They wanted me to sleep over like once a weekend uh, and it was hard to fit in three in one bed. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Did you, was it, did you feel more attached to either of them or did you start to like build kind of feelings for someone and not other? I'm, just, I'm yeah, curious about that dynamic. Yeah, um, I did. I started to build more feelings for the man in the relationship and that was hard too. So I actually felt like I didn't really want to break it off with him mm-hmm. and it would have been cool to have dated just him. Um, but it wasn't, I, I, my feelings were not as equivalent to the woman. And I think that that's something that, that people don't think about when they go into a threesome mm-hmm. is that, you're always going to be more attracted to one person than the, than the other. I mean, I think that there's, I think that even if it's just a tiny bit more, there's going to be more attraction and feelings towards one. Would you agree, Effie? I, I, yeah, I, your story that you're explaining, I've heard the, your story over and over again. It's, it's a it's a common common story. I don't think it's universal, but I've these dynamics you're describing i think are are common Mm -hmm. and did his wife ever experience that and and how did she feel about that like did she sense that you guys had a deeper connection uh well they weren't uh husband and wife they were just dating and um they i don't think that she noticed when we were all having sex but by um her permission we had had sex together me and him we didn't have penetrative sex we had everything but um and then she came home and was really mad, but she had known. Mm. So it was really odd when she came home and saw that like we had actually done stuff without her, her emotions got the best of her and she was really mad. Mm. Um, 
So how did you feel? I felt like I should have left, um, but she was just like, no, it's okay, stay, it's totally fine. And I was like, I really feel like I need to go. And she wanted me to stay and then she wanted to have, and like all of us have sex. Um, also what's interesting about threesomes is that you have to consider two people's libidos. Mm-hmm. And I think that in my fantasy, my libido was like, could match two people's libidos and it just couldn't. Like mm. after I had one hour of sex, I mean, even one hour was a lot for me. I didn't know how I want how, how I could have like another hour, but mm-hmm. their libidos were really a lot higher than mine. So. Were there times where you were engaged where they were together, but you didn't have to be like in the sexual interact that you could just be there either playing by yourself or just watching or just resting from the day's activities yeah that okay. happened a few times okay, yeah okay. but uh it was if i was there they'd be like they kind of to come in yeah there. yeah, yeah it's, i mean this this is a this is a typical unicorn story right doesn't necessarily i think this is a tip like when i say typical it's like the dynamics are very familiar into the uni- the unicorn definition to me that doesn't necessarily mean all all threesomes i think yes. this is more a unicorn story, not a universal, not that there's a universal, but the, a, a, a threesome story. I think this is very often couples looking for this unicorn, this magical creature who's available in every way, you know, sex drive, emotional, you know, emotional time, mm-hmm. you know, and just for them um, in an almost, um, <laughs> so I do know a couple clients, um, they do call their third a pet. Um, and is it agreed upon? She likes being the pet, um, but it is that kind of that's their attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she, you know, she likes it, and it's mm-hmm. there's no judgment, um, but it has that kind of dynamic of this is the third, is you know, this is our this is our mm-hmm. pet. There's yeah, there's a clear hierarchy. Right, right, right. And I think it, you know, uh, that does exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does require three very aware, very willing people who are into it and really, really want it. Yeah. I think like in your kid's situation, Taylor, the fact that you weren't into it and you just like agreed to it, I don't think that's sustainable, you know? Mm-hmm. If you, so if you're giving advice either to possible unicorns out there or to couples who are looking for, to, to bring in a third, what do you wish you would have known then? What do you know now that you wish you would have known then? Um, I wish that I would have known that it is uh, to be like really, really direct and keep communicating your desires and boundaries mm-hmm. and to keep revisiting the the relationship instead of n- just being very passive about it. I wish I would have known that um, being very clear and, com- and with your words and your wants um, would get you a lot further than than ending it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was how was the ending? Um, it was okay. It wasn't like a fight or anything. I kind of, I, I literally could not muster up to disappoint both of them. So Mm. I did kind of ghost, which is a common millennial thing, which I'm not proud of. I actually think about that a lot because I didn't want to ghost them, but I just, I could, I didn't have the the confidence or the words to to say like, you're asking for more than what I'm willing to give. Mm Mm-hmm. So as you think about opening up your relationship now and potentially having a threesome and bringing a third into an established partnership, has your experience as being the third impacted how you would treat someone entering into your relationship? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely have some some like 
ways that I want to treat that third person. And that obviously involves being more clear and more communicative than I was in the first one. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to have a third um, person in our committed relationship. I would want to have this person come in and be a part of our sexual experiences, maybe once or twice, and then we would remain friends, but not always be do not always be having a sexual experience with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also make sure that they knew clearly what they wanted, and have them tell me that th- that they are okay with communicating it. Like I could have, I said that I was okay communicating it and I would communicate that to the couple that I was with, but I winded up not. So Mm -hmm. I would want to kind of have more time to get to know that person and know their wants and desires and feelings and how they'll communicate it before we rushed into a sexual experience. Mm -hmm. So getting to know them a little bit more so that I can identify if they're feeling uncomfortable. I think that that was, that's something that I would do is take more time before inviting them that makes sense i think there's something to be told about that about like the practicing one's boundaries Mm -hmm. i go to a practitioner to do some like body energy work and when they first start kind of touching and pushing into areas of my body they say i'm going to push in and i need you to tell me to stop and to move my hand Mm -hmm. and so like that's a part of the practice where i say can you please stop can you please move your hand Mm -hmm. just so that i actually in that space get the practice of saying Mm -hmm. it so that this way when there's a moment where i really do feel like there's a boundary i can say hey can you please stop and move your hand and so I I think that's an interesting concept that I wonder can be introduced to this of even when someone is comfortable, let's just practice you saying I'm not comfortable right now just so that we can like get get used to what that feels like and sounds like in our voice. For sure. Both saying and hearing. Yes. Um, And and both saying no, hearing no, and in saying no, seeing that the other person isn't crumbling into a mess. Yeah. Right, because often, especially women, we are socialized not to say no, to take care of the other person, blah, blah, blah. So often people don't say no, um, because they don't want to disappoint the other person or, or they think that the, the, the sort of the no is going to become this like sledgehammer and it's going to like slam them across the wall and they're going to be destroyed, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there is value in saying no mm-hmm. all the time. And I would even say <clears throat> often in, if you're in a long-term, even not long-term, if you're in a monogamous relationship and you're having sex, um, practice consent, yes. you know, like ask, ask, Keep asking. Is this still good? Check in. What do you want to do? Actually, tonight, I don't feel like that. Like, just because you felt like doing something, you know, last weekend after, you know, three glasses of wine, you might not be up for doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. Wednesday night after a long day's, you know, a long, hard day's work, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think just practicing consent in your monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. um, in your everyday sex life, and saying your yeses and nos and yeses and nos and using using those muscles and... And also hearing the yeses and the nos and going, okay, nos don't kill me. Yes, you know, yes. I, I survive. Everything yes. is all right. Doesn't mean I'm not yeah. loved. It just means the person doesn't want to do this thing anymore. And I think just if you want to start, you know, if you want to have a threesome, um, practice those things in your, you know, twosomes. Yeah. I think that there's also a misconception that there is more emotional labor involved in saying no. And so what I mean by that is I, I'm, there are times as a parent, as a partner, where like it's easier. I'm like, all right, fine. Yes, let's just do things. Because like dealing with you being, the idea of dealing with you being upset about it and me having to like make you feel better feels like emotionally exhausting and it feels easier and faster to just do the thing that's been asked. 
And I think that that actually does carry then resentment and carries frustration. Carry, like there's an emotional burden there that is dismissed when you're thinking about the emotional toll it will pay to deal with someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's just easier if I just do it. But then you're carrying your own, yeah. your own anger yeah. and frustration and resentment. I, I think there is inherent emotional labor in decision making, period. Yes. Whether it is tolerating the outcome or yes. tolerating the internal experience. Exactly. So I think to say that one's going to be easier than the other is just to realize that any decision making, especially if it involves your your well-being, yourself, and then it requires you to check in, comes with emotional labor, period. Yes. So it's like you said, do you want to do it upfront or do you mm-hmm. want to do it internal? Right. Uh, and you're, I think since you're going to do the work, you might as well do the work that's in line with your authentic state. Exactly right. Then, you know, doing the internal work it's just going to work out and it's not going to work out in the long term. You yes. Know? Yes. Cause you're going to feel more disappointed that you continue to not stick to your own boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you eventually end up, you will eventually end up avoiding the situations because you don't, you haven't got the practice of saying your yeses and nos in line with your truths. You yes. know, you'll end up inevitably because that's just how the brain works that you'll, because you don't want you, you will try to avoid putting yourself in those situations, which means you're going to miss out on experiences, which means mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, follow your curiosities and live your authentic life. So yeah. the sooner you become, um, you know, strong in your decision making and, 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 and sitting with those, you know, moments of discomfort, the sooner you're liberated. Yes. 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 I think that's a, I, I, what that's in and of itself is amazing. The more you become comfortable with discomfort, yeah, the better everything in life will be actually. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so much. I mean, I, my work, you know, is in, we're supporting people career. So it's very different. But so many of my conversations is just about the fact that people are avoiding having a difficult conversation mm-hmm. with their boss or with their colleague or with their thing. And it's just me helping them build up the courage to do the difficult thing. Yeah. And there's so much energy being spent to like avoid being uncomfortable. But if you can get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Liberating, my friend. Liberating. <laughs> liberating. Yeah. yeah. And I think just going tying this back to threesomes, it's just like there are more decision making points in a threesome. Yes. Because there are more people and yeah. there are more experiences, yeah. you know, and you need to be able to, you need to be able to be okay navigating. Yes. So, so, so tell me more. So you, you're, you're thinking about how you would want to make sure that you find ways to continue to communicate with the other person and make sure that they feel comfortable and good. What are the things that you would do now as a result of your experience? When inviting somebody in, mm-hmm. I would take a lot more time, like mm-hmm. t- time with just, and n- with just getting to know them before that we had the sexual experience. And that might seem to them like it's dating, but I don't think that it would be, I'd be clear with like, this is not dating. I just don't want to have sex the first time around because I want to be more, I want to know where you are at in your stage of being like exploring the the world of threesomes. And I want to know um, if you have those skills that I didn't have yeah. um, when going into the threesome. Yeah. So, and it yeah. also sounds like based on your experience, you'd want to make sure that you and your partner are in a really good place. Yeah. I think oftentimes people might use, let's spice up a bad relationship mm-hmm. with a third mm-hmm. and that's just disastrous, I yes. imagine. Yeah. And so instead, it sounds like you're going to make sure that you and your partner are like in a really good, strong, healthy place yeah. before entering into this. Yeah, and we we are. Um, I just think that uh, in the time that it takes to sustain a third in your relationship the way that you your partner and that third all agree on it takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. effort it's another whole relationship 
Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want it to be dispensable, I still think like dispensable, just a one-time thing. I still think it takes time finding it and, and finding that person. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of energy to find that person. So uh, at this moment, I'm not doing it because of time. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's a time and a place for everything and like a time in my relationship when I will go forth with that. Um, and it won't be because our <laughs> sex life is lacking. It'll be because mm-hmm. it's thriving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. And I think I, that is really important. I think I want to talk a little bit about those dynamics, right? That what you've just said, Taylor, is I think is super important that you're not, you're not doing it because something is lacking, but it's thriving and it's like the next thing that you want to experience. And I think similarly, the dynamics that you're creating with that third person and this, we're talking now about we're focusing on couples and a third person right mm-hmm. um sometimes uh, the struggle is because the couple is looking for a third person to do things right so they're like we're looking for someone to do to do these things we have these fantasies and this person is going to fulfill our fantasies rather than saying here's a possible experience and here is like all the things that can happen and going into it with curiosity and mm. thinking about what is it that we can create together mm. rather than here's our list of things that we want to do and for these we need a third person so let's go out there and find a willing third person and get them to get them to agree to do these things is a very different attitude in your search this. than let's find this like fun you know up for it third person who's adventurous and curious and and sexually open and see what we can create see what we can make happen the three of us get together and that really equalizes the playing field right Mm. then there isn't this dynamic of the unicorn or the pet when you're like finding looking for searching for this one person that's going to fulfill your desires Mm. rather than searching for a partner not in a partner in a in a like a romantic partner but like a partner in this experience you mm-hmm. know and and see what we can create um rather than having this checklist of things that you want to you want fulfilled yeah it's like um shifting your expectations about the entire relationship that you're thinking that you think that you want but yeah. from experience my personal experience is that you think that you want something and then it happens and then maybe it shifts so mm-hmm. yeah like having open expectations before you even get there mm-hmm. would solve those yeah, yeah. having no expectations maybe. right yeah. yeah 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 maybe not a partner a collaborator right that's yeah. what i want to say a collaborator in the experience of threesomes and kind of saying like what what, what do you want it to happen like what can we what can we make happen mm-hmm. what happens if this we do this and what we do that mm-hmm. you know an open you know open mind open heart curious mm-hmm. um uh, and really connecting with the other person as an individual, not an entity that's going to fulfill your your list of desires. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So then, with that being said, seeing certainly seeing every, everybody involved as an individual and as a human being, pre, during, and post tips. Anything that we can add to the what should that we haven't already? So pre, it sounds like. Be in a healthy relationship if you're introducing someone into your relationship. And if it's if you're the third person or if you're three separate people, just be in a good space yourself. Mm-hmm. Be clear about what you want and feel comfortable talking about it and, and naming that. So that, that's all like pre-stuff, getting to know each other, listing out what you want to create together as collaborators. Mm-hmm. During, I imagine, lots of also communication. I think it's communication, communication, yeah. communication, communication, communication. Yes. I can't, you know, I can't say that enough. Yeah, Knowing your boundaries for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also like knowing what you won't do and stating that pre, mm-hmm. pre the going into the bedroom. So mm-hmm. knowing that maybe anal play is not on the list of things to do. 
So yeah, yeah, and I think um, you know we say communication, communication. Like, what are the things that you want to communicate is yes. important. Right. Um, boundaries for sure. Definitely a conversation around sexual health. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Everybody yes. has different tolerances to these things yes. and and risk tolerances. Like, what is everyone's risk tolerance? Mm-hmm. What barriers are going to be used? Um, what are the conversations that needs to be had? Some people want want a full on, you know, his- sexual history, SDI. Um. Um, uh, what you call them results mm-hmm. um, and then like it, you know be very clear about what are your needs in terms of feeling safe and secure so that you can have fun right? yeah so you, I think that conversation is definitely did you guys talk about that I imagine you did yeah we did yeah mm-hmm. we talked about their um, sexual health <clears throat> like their sexual health um, agenda and then mm-hmm. at mine as well. So mm-hmm. they were in a committed relationship and they were not using sex with each, um, barriers with each other. But it was it was um, important to me that they were, everyone was using barriers with me. And so mm-hmm. they respected that obviously and they wanted the same thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So it was like a lot of mechanics too. It was yeah. like, okay, now we have to, okay, well, if, you, if the, you're shifting from her to me, we have to, put on something now and you know so there's like so it's actually a lot like it's a lot sloppier and uh it's not as <laughs> not as fun as the uh movies like it's not as uh straight cut and clear it's sloppier For sure so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and having all the things with you yeah you know what i mean like supplies you know yeah. if you're dealing you know like different types of condoms and gloves and you know dental dams maybe lube yeah. you know wipes like all the things mm-hmm. I, I think there's some preparation needed unless you have a stash of it at home you know yeah yeah, I, yeah. I think you should. that might be fun too <laughs> as collaborators to yeah. buy your little kits of stuff yeah for uh, sure to prepare yeah 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 um so like health you know sexual health stuff mm-hmm. and then um desires you know the fun mm-hmm. the fun stuff like what are the things that you you know you can imagine you can sort of think together you can create together you can fantasize or you have been fantasizing about yeah um i think definitely an understanding of everyone's orientation yeah and how that presents yes um, and where their curiosity is where their curiosity is because we, we've had that conversation as well that one's orientation and one's curiosity could be in different spaces Absolutely. so you may identify as straight but would be willing to see what happened if this or would be willing to watch this or mm. feel this or experience mm. that and again you let's let's make sure that we don't feel like our experiences don't necessarily define who we are mm. so even if you play with someone of you know the same gender that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to identify now as, mm. as queer and so um, space for identification but also curiosity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would also say and this is this is hard but I would say if you're gonna do this work and you really want to have a good time I would find a way to leave egos out of it Mm. Um, because I think a threesome is a place for uh, potential comparison, potential like, mm. you know, how does, you know, how, what just like being next to somebody or like, do they know more than I do? Do I know, you know, like I think mm. um, at least for me, it's like leave your ego out of it. Consider it as a, a, a experience of, you know, experience, exploration of curiosity, um, potential learning, you know, um, and really uh, try really hard and do the mental work beforehand not to compare yeah um because that it definitely opens you up to be to be in that space Mm -hmm. yeah so let me okay let me ask you a question then 
because I think that some time, some people I've spoken to have said, I would want to do a threesome, but it has to be some random person that I've never met before and would never see again. And then others are saying, I'd want it to be a good friend. Like I want it to be someone that I know. And so I'm thinking about that as it relates to the comparison piece, because maybe it is harder if you, that person is in your life and, and your, your partner orgasmed in a, in a different or bigger way with like your best friend that you didn't realize was going to happen. So just thoughts around that. Like, do, what do you guys think about choosing an out someone you don't know versus experiencing that with a friend? I just wouldn't personally experience it with a friend because I'm afraid that it would be awkward after. Mm. And most likely it could be awkward because of the situations that happen while in the bedroom. So maybe my partner does have a better orgasm with that person and I'm like resentful. And so I can't be not awkward around that person while we're not having sex. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that uh, I would want it to be somebody random because I think that the foundation you can build upon so much like you can you have the choice and the option to kind of craft this own relationship as opposed to having a foundational relationship as a friend and try and and maybe go having a harder time getting back to that after you've all had sex together. Mm-hmm. Devil's mm-hmm. advocate, Effie. I fuck my friends. I mean, I say this all the time. So I like to be, I mean, I like most of my relationships baseline of uh, friendship. So even part of my partners, um, people I have sex with tend to be like a baselining of friendship and then they become sexual play partners or sexual partners or romantic partners. So I prefer to have, especially like more complicated experiences like threesomes, orgies, kink, that kind of stuff. I prefer friends. Um, and I think the closer that I am with friends, the better their experience is for me. I will say that as a caveat though, not every friend, I just happen to have most of my friends in the sex positive community. Um, and that's kind of how most of our friendships started in the first place, like in play spaces and, and within the community that really embraces this open um, sexuality as a part of a connection. So I do have a bunch of friends that I wouldn't have sex with, you know, um, and they're my good friends. It's just, that's just not where they come from. And, and I think that's more aligned with what Taylor is saying, which is like, it would make things complicated, like with those mm-hmm. people. Yeah. In your experience with either with yourself or with clients, complications with involving a friend, like tips that we can give to folks if there are friends that want to try this thing, maybe some things that they need to talk through that's different because they're in a friendship. Meaning if you wanted to have a threesome with your friends. Right. So what maybe are the there's things partnership or maybe there's three individual friends or there's a couple and they want to, one of the couple's friends, they want to introduce into the third part of the threesome. Yeah, I think not that dissimilar to some of the things that we talked about, but make it, make, and also I would say probably a, a like a, a backup plan is what happens if things are awkward. Mm-hmm. Like embracing that this might actually go wrong and you know um, what do we do like how do we restore like is there a way that we almost like back up the relationships be- back up the relationship before have the experience mind erase mind erase <laughs> you know, exactly and like almost like mentally isolate the experience and if mm-hmm. if it goes great you know carry on if it doesn't you kind of rewind back to the backup and kind mm-hmm. of like put that as a as something that you've tried maybe a maybe you know, it's like, it's, it's not that similar to like good friends who go and travel together and they realize they're not traveling partners mm-hmm. and they have shit time traveling mm-hmm. and they come back and they need to kind of, you know, um, decompress for a little bit and they go back to being friends, realizing that they probably should never travel again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I would put that in a similar experience that you, you can try it with your best friend because you do everything else together. Why wouldn't you do this together? Mm-hmm. And you do it. And it's actually not very good. And then you just sort of give yourself a bit of time and like honor the relationship 
that was before, mm-hmm. put it down as an experience that you tried that didn't work out and carry on and, and know that that's what might happen. Yeah. Like yes. even state that beforehand, yeah, like so have you, a conversation yeah. about if that happens, we need to just take time and then like restore the friendship after that yeah after a few a few days or moments away from like each other so yeah that makes sense to me yeah Yeah, my closest experience of that was when i was in high school at some point my my best friend of high school and i like you know one sleep over another we're like well let's see you know let's see what happens if we and we like you know we messed around a little bit and then i was like all right did that thing like that was cool and interesting and then i like in in the following sleepovers like she'd be like let's watch this movie that like has this long sex scene or let's like do and i was like oh you're trying to make it happen again (laughs) and in my mind it's like taylor saying like i was like we did the thing great like that was that was cool i'm done now and i realized and so we i mean we never had we were i don't know how old we were 17 or so so we didn't have any of those conversations Mm -hmm. or anything but i realized afterwards like oh we had different expectations or we experienced something different and what does that mean and how does it mean for our friendship and it didn't end up eventually it just faded away as a thing that we did and we ended up you know we're still friends um but i in retrospect i I look back and i'm like oh yeah that was really we set ourselves up there for something dangerous yeah 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 yeah. and i think it's it's you know i think it's even more i think it's more it's i think when you're younger it kind of gets erased and then gets sort of like you know diluted with a bunch of other experiences i think it can it can stick around a little bit more in your adults so you do i think you do need to acknowledge that it might go wrong it might not work out it might feel a little bit awkward let's give ourselves a you know decompression time and like make sure we reconnect we don't make sure we don't like avoid each other for like the rest of history yes um and just be really honest about the like the experience yeah yeah i feel like naming that would also um help with shame you know after like if you name it before and that happens and then there's just like a okay well we'll see in a few months and it was never talked about Mm -hmm. that person could feel like oh no i wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. um i wasn't like i didn't know exactly what i wanted so then um it helps with not feeling guilty or shameful or bad about yourself and hurt your ego for sure Mm -hmm. have you thought about if you are looking for a third via like dating apps, what your profile will say? Well, the unicorn um, emoji. <laughs> yeah. Seeking yeah. unicorn. Yeah, um, actually, we have had this conversation. Um, it would just be me. I don't, I'm not going to put a, yeah. a photos of me and, and my partner that's on so there. so interesting because you were looking for a difference for you. I know, right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, God, I'm having an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just nervous about like, pl- like, publicly putting out my my relationship out there yeah Um, yeah i'm not i'm not ready there i'm not there Mm -hmm. yet and i think that i can get there for sure to not have uh guilt and shame about this identity you know um so that does have to be challenging because i remember when i was on okcupid a year or two ago um getting lots of messages from people in search of a unicorn which was not what the experience i was going for and there were lots of pictures of couples like headless couples mm-hmm. right so just the two people you know bodies standing next to each other and I understood that because they're trying to you know what if a colleague is on there or something like that and it's hard to then be like yes I want to spend time with this headless pair I don't I think in this I think that works if people are just seeking experiences and not connections mm-hmm. right because a headless body picture is essentially saying here are the bodies that you're gonna experience like 
it's more I think um, activity seeking mm-hmm. than connection and experience like a connection and kind of like more of an experiential ex- you know um, mm-hmm. seeking if that makes a distinction yeah. you know are there places where if you don't want to do that online and there's more intimate spaces I mean certainly Curious Fox events people can come and in any form of partnership or not or mm-hmm. whatever whatever folks are looking for can come and talk about that but are there other spaces other resources maybe in the show notes we'll include some resources around where people can get more information but also go to depending on where they are the yeah. couple that I was seeing men on FetLife mm. I don't do you guys know what yeah. FetLife is so, yeah. yeah we can definitely talk about FetLife is a um, it's like Facebook for Kingsters, uh, fetlife.com, like fet as in fetish, fetlife.com. Um, it, it's an interesting site. It's ugly, meaning it's just like a horrible user experience, but it is the Facebook for Kingsters. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for any experiences outside the status quo or any sort of the, the norm, FetLife is a place that you can go to to start that, ex- to start that search, that exploration. Just be mindful that it's a shitty. Um, user experience I mean I found my way into the community through FetLife um, but similar to you Taylor I was very I was very intentional about what I was seeking I was seeking the, at least my thinking at the time was I wanted to find a mentor and I wanted that mentor to be some sort of a community leader or a re- leadership role because mm. in my logic was that they would have too much to lose to do anything bad to me it was my logic i don't necessarily i wouldn't knowing what i know now doesn't really it, like it's not the, as foolproof as i thought and at the time right, before all this. Say, there's so many folks who have been in, in the sex positive leadership community now who were right. like oh no yeah exactly but at the they're time on, they're on the redemption road now at right this point, right exactly exactly so, so you just have to figure out something that makes sense to you and at the yeah, time i was like sense. some lone guy right. you know behind his computer seemed so much riskier to me than somebody who was clearly a part of the community mm-hmm. in a leadership position and would have a lot to, to, to answer for mm-hmm. if I was to be like that person did these things to me without my consent you know mm-hmm. um, as like you know we now know that's not the foolproof you know logic that I thought it was but just some sort of logic like for you you were like yeah. I want it to be a couple and I like that they were had their shit together and so whatever it is that you're looking for just have some like you know, thought, being thoughtful about it, I think is, is important, whether you're looking on FetLife or looking on Meetup, right? And you can go look and look at Meetup, meetup.com, find meetups for people who are either within the community, your sex positive community or non-monogamous community in, in your local area and go to like vanilla, <laughs> vanilla meetups. So meaning like non-sexual meetups, be it movie nights, game nights, um, seminars, talks. I mean, Curious Fox does a bunch of programming in New York City. Um, wherever you're listening, like search your local Curious Fox, you know, um, equivalent um, and go and meet the community first before seek, before like looking for dates is what I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any other threesome advice? Um, I have a few more, actually. I just, I'm, on, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Um, we, t- we touched on it a little bit. I just want to put it out there. So this is a... F- yeah. Let's talk about it from a couple's point of view because we are kind of focusing on that. Um, we talked about comparing yourself and egos and how that can be triggering and, and jealousy and all that kind of stuff. Um, we are all human. That stuff may happen what can we do about it, right? I think definitely try to check egos out of the door is one way of doing it. And and for me, like, how do you do that? For me, um, my path is to to sort of go towards 
curiosity. Mm-hmm. So if I find that, if I notice that my partner is having a better time with this third person, I choose, actively choose to take the curious path rather than the comparison path. Oh, really? What's happening here? What's occurring here? What's, what's bringing more pleasure? What can I learn from the situation? So I actively choose that curious path and, 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 and the compersion path. Oh, wow, they're having an amazing time. They're learning something about themselves and they're experiencing something that I can learn from this situation. So that's the path that I take. Um, that's the path I recommend. And then uh, you could do it better. <laughs> and then I go and then I go learn all of it and next round I picture my threesome with Effie and then like I look over and she's like a notepad <laughs> notepad and Google yeah. and a stack of books <laughs> um, but I mean kind of you yeah. know um, but that's that's the way I would recommend that if you find yourself you're in any, any kind of comparison if you're saying like I'm not good enough, I can't do this, um, see if you can shift that thinking into what can I learn from this, um, and you know how can I do this, you know similar better, or like what would it feel like to be done on me? Um, like there are a bunch of paths into curiosity that can take. Like what's you know what are the other experiences that that can come from whatever is happening? You know, um, I have definitely learned some of my best tricks from other people engaging mm. in like you know, at parties or with other people and like, where else are you going to learn? Porn is not a good place of education, mm-hmm. right? And the, the things that are happening in porn, you know, you might, these people are pros. This is literally what they do for a living. Should you do all the things? Maybe not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when you're, when you're doing it with pe- people who are just enjoying sex, um, there's a lot to learn from that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then when there's somebody else, when it's like three people, I don't know, I actually like threesomes because it's like a cool learning experience for me. But I'm a nerd, so that's just like, <laughs> just how I roll <laughs> but I'm just encouraging people to um, you know especially if you feel like your ego's in it to mentally get it out get it out of the way mm-hmm. um, see you know see it as an experience see it as a, a you know a learning opportunity see it as a you know like uh, I don't know like evolution in your sexual expression whatever story that you can like wrap your head around that sort of keeps your ego out of it i think that's like the best advice that i give you i can give people um i agree that's good advice and it takes the shame out of what it makes me think of it's like oh i want to be on all sides of it i want to have someone come into my partnered relationship and i want to go into someone else's partner relationship Mm -hmm. and i want to have three people who none of us are in partnership like just to see what all those things would be like yeah, no, exactly. And explore, like explore, exactly. it's fun, you know, explore. Mm-hmm. Um, be safe, always be safe, like learn about safer sex practices. It's different for more than two people, you know, you have to keep track of your hands, you need to use a bunch mm-hmm. of barriers. Um, if you're playing with more than... And use barriers on toys. So barriers on toys, mm-hmm. barriers on hands, you know, mm-hmm. um, learn about, in, you know, if, you're, if there are multiple vaginas involved, learn about internal condoms, mm-hmm. right? Because internal con- condoms go inside a woman, um, not on the penis. So you don't have to constantly change them. So if you have two vaginas and a penis involved, let's reduce everything down to genitals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's actually, you might actually have a better time and a f- more, more fluid time if the people with vaginas have internal con- internal condoms one each and then the penis you don't have to worry about changing condoms all the time mm-hmm. an example so i have a question though um, can, if a man isn't wearing a condom and you're using the internal condoms can they get um an sti that's transmitted inside the internal condom and then another penis goes inside the internal condom we're talking about two vaginas and one penis right so you're saying oh, yes. okay yeah but i'm that's sorry a question. I was thinking let's say if you're party. in right so you're in a sex party I'm and there's sorry. multiple penises and internal condoms you do you continue to switch the internal condoms no you need condoms 
gut. And then you can't use you can't use an external you can't use a latex like a penis condom and an internal, and an internal condom. So you multiple penises. God. Then there needs to be condoms on the penises. Yes, one and you have to change them multi- from vagina to vagina. Right, one penis, multiple vaginas. One can use internal internal condoms. condoms. Okay, is it good? Thanks. Is it good? like people because we don't we don't. Not many people know about internal condoms, and if you're mm-hmm. in a multiple situation, because not not everybody has it in multiple situations. Yeah. So this is what I mean. And right, and finger condoms. Yeah, condoms and on dumb, fingers. Yes, gloves, gloves, gloves. I'm a big fan of gloves. Like, please use gloves, everyone. It's much smoother entry, more smoother. Yes. No, gloves freak me out. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, my partner has black gloves. I mean, not to use during sex, but to use like for cleaning. And every once in a while, she'll like put it on in a way that's like trying to be seductive. And it just makes me feel like she's a serial killer. And it completely, <laughs> completely freaks me out. That's um, funny. Yeah, I like gloves. Yeah. I like that now you can like the black ones used to be like the trend. Yes. Like everyone's like, oh, black ones. Um, now I see a bunch of like pink ones around. They're uh, like, they're, I, I think they're cute. Like yeah. really like pink, especially if guys wearing these like pink gloves. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so cute. Maybe pink ones. Maybe that would be the black ones though. I yeah, yeah. I can't. No, no. Um. Yeah. Like, get small ones that really fit. So, get the size that what often doesn't. So, since we're going right, not like dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you can use them if that's what you're into. Go right, for it. Yes. Um. But if you really want to get the sensation of it, um, I really like ones that really fit you well. Like almost like a con- like a condom. Like it really fits your yes. hand well. So you can get smaller, extra small ones if you got small hands or big ones if you're yes. got big hands. Um. And um, I, I find it much smoother entry entry and exit. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I don't have to worry about my nails. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about cutting people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just happen to like gloves. But if you if they freak you out, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the pink ones. That's pink so ones are cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so oh. yeah, so yeah, like mm-hmm. ego, sexual yes. health. There's more to it when there's more people involved than you're just the two people. Um, learn about that stuff. Um, yes. Know your boundaries. Communicate them. Communicate them. Know your words. Um, indulge your desires revel in your desires even if you're not going to do all the things feel empowered to talk about it you know yes. like lay about in bed and talk about the stuff yes. you know um make that a part of your experience like you know make it an make an make an evening out of it spend yes. the first hour talking about all the things the desires and the the dreams that the things that or fantasies that you can dream up and then spend two hours or one hour like trying to fulfill some of them not yes. all of them but make it a part of the whole experience yes yes you can stretch out the happiness mm-hmm. and the experience by the, the the fantasizing beforehand the doing it and then afterwards mm. remembering your favorite For moments sure. and talking about it yes. yeah 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 and humor that's uh, the other thing humor mm. laugh about it when it goes a bit awkward like, like you're saying right it's yeah. not as smooth as it sometimes it's yeah. awkward did yeah. you find moments of humor or was it just awkward no no I found moments of humor yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the other thing that I would say. Like, it's not going to go all right. It's not going to go like, you know, these like blurred out um, scenes from movies or like <laughs> hardcore, cure, you know, um, orchestrated porn, you know, segments. It's going to be um, messy and it's going to be awkward yeah. and um, find humor, laugh, laugh. Say, but that's just life, right? Messy and awkward. Yeah, but funny laugh. And- yeah, yeah. Yeah, make sure you laugh. Yeah. Taylor, any last thoughts? Um, no, I think you guys covered it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So if I, so, now I want to hear back from people out in the world. I want to hear your threesome stories. Um, actually, so a few things. One, if you 
if you're into this podcast and you've been listening, please like us and review and share the podcast. It really does make a difference. Huge. Our work, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yes. So we're shameless plug. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please take like two minutes, um, rate us and leave us a review. Yes, yes. We and read share. them all. Mm-hmm. Because our work is, you know, we, we say hashtag change the noise. What we want to do is continue to create experiences where you can hear things and watch things and see things and read things so that you can change the noise around you so that you give yourself more permission and inspiration to live a life that is aligned with your curiosity and your authenticity and your truth and so we want to make sure that what we're creating is in alignment with that so mm-hmm. like us share us review it um you can actually you can find us and all of our things on we are curious foxes so hashtag or at we are curious foxes on facebook on instagram on patreon um, and as always, you can reach out to us and share your ideas. You can tell us which episodes have helped you in your journey or just let us know that you are listening by emailing us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. Awesome. Uh, we've covered yet another awesome uh, uh, topic. Yes, and this threesome of people talking exactly. about Exactly. Threesome. <laughs> threesome of people talking about threesomes. And uh, stay curious, friends. <laughs> stay curious. Bye. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.